0: All right, gang, Monday, October 5th, 2020, 9.38 p.m., couple of announcements here. First and foremost, we have a fantastic sit-down with one of my absolute favorite people in the world, Coach Bud Foster. Uh, can't thank him enough. Uh, it was great to catch up with him and uh, see everything that he had going on. Uh, enjoying retirement on the lake, uh, was on the back patio uh, of his lake house just... Uh, Said uh hops on the zoom meeting and says, guys, about an hour. I got some beer battered chicken in here. Gotta get uh gotta get that right. So looking forward to uh to enjoying that. But uh let's go ahead and talk. So I appreciate Coach Foster taking some time, chatting it up with us here. But a couple of notes. Um First and foremost, this podcast is brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. The Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg is the best pharmacy. Jeremy Counts, one of the absolute best in the business. Pat Finn had the pleasure of dropping in on him this past weekend. I will be dropping in on him within the next 10 days, Jeremy. So keep uh, keep your eyes open. Looking forward to stopping on in. What else do we have going on? Sam Rogers will be coming on the podcast on Wednesday. One of the uh, fan favorites and one of the hardest working individuals that I know. So really excited to get to talk with him and catch up. He's the head coach of Hanover High School now, so that's fantastic. And Hanover High School, H.H., what else is H.H.? Hendon Hooker is labeled a full go this weekend for the game versus North Carolina. This is not the game preview. The game preview will come later in the week, most likely Wednesday or Thursday. But just some breaking news there. Excited that Hendon is back and ready to roll. We will also be interviewing Coach Roby from the wrestling team. We are really excited about that as well, the wrestling team a crazy ascendance, and quite frankly, competing for national titles at this point. So really excited to sit down with him. The Flags, the Flags, the Flags. Had a great conversation with a local business in Blacksburg. I'm not going to say it yet. Got some, the ink ain't dry. Still working out some kinks, but it looks like we'll be getting Sons of Saturday flags. So frat daddies and anyone else in the Blacksburg area or New River Valley or wherever. would love to see the flag hanging proud. I know uh, our guy, John Cran is looking to get one, so can't wait to see the cran cam and the cran flag waving over Smith Mountain Lake. Um, last note that I have here, I really want to shout out Hokie Sports and the Hokie Club. They are doing they're doing fantastic stuff. Um, they are making the Hokie Club cool again. Their latest addition to their initiatives is the Virginia Tech Athletics Piece of Home subscription box. Look, um, you see it on on the timeline a lot. You see it on TikToks, you know, these boxes of random stuff that you get. Um, so you can sign up for a season long subscription of these uh, of these mystery boxes and the theme of the boxes here, uh, in October, you got football tailgating, December, hokey holidays, March, you got March madness, and then May you got summertime season. This is a really cool initiative. Um, You know, I miss Virginia Tech. I know you guys miss Virginia Tech. This is a way to support the athletic programs that we love. And also, hey, you never know what's coming in the mail. So, um, I I really got to tip my cap to Hokie Sports and the Hokie Club for continuing to find ways um, to connect Virginia Tech and their donors and uh, look to increase that donor base. So... Definitely check that out one more time. It is the Pieces of Home subscription box program. Give that a look over at Hokiesports.com. And shoot us a tweet if you sign up or if you're a new member to the Hokie Club. We will shout you out and we will give you a virtual high-five hug. Aside from that, it's time. Um, One of the absolute best in the business, an absolute legend uh, as a coach and as a person. Um, This is former defensive coordinator and one of the best to ever do it. Bud Foster. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by the River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time. And when you talk about golf, Pebble Beach, Augusta, Bandon Dunes, dare I say, Shinnecock, the River Course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home for the for those to come golf tournament. And look, If you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit. Feel good. Look good. Play good. And the cream of the crop. New annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee. And new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary Lunch. The River Course. Unparalleled greatness. Unparalleled beauty. Nestled right in Southwest Virginia.
1: Sons, daughters, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest on Sons of Saturday here this evening. Former Virginia Tech defensive coordinator Bud Foster is in the house. Coach Foster is a recipient of the Frank Broyles Award in 2006, which is given to the top assisting college football, and he is one of the greatest defensive minds in college football history. Coach Bud coached at Virginia Tech. For 33 years before retiring at the end of 2019, Hokies led the nation in total defense in both 2005 and 2006, while ranking second in 2001. Coach has sent over 50 players to the NFL that play defense uh, on the Virginia Tech football team. Today is actually the one-year anniversary of the Beth Barnes Bud suit, the Bud (laughs) Foster swimsuit. (laughs) Coach Bud, welcome to the Sons of Saturday.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. It's it's really cool. I, I didn't realize, I do remember when Beth uh, uh, introduced me to the new swimsuit. It was, I was taken aback, so to speak. I really was a loss of words, and her husband was standing right there next to her, and as it turned out, uh, really delightful people, and my wife and I got the chance to Spend uh, a lot of time with them um, here at the it, really during basketball season, the end of football season, and during basketball season. So it was, uh, it was fun to, for them to get to, us to get to know one another. But that was that was quite interesting to say the least when I saw that uh, that swimsuit. One <laughs> of
1: one of the one of the, uh, the great things of Hokie Twitter bonding together over the bud suit. Um, <laughs> so, Coach, first thing, just uh, you know, yesterday's big win. Go to Duke, get the win, even though with a ton of guys out, just any immediate thoughts uh, from that road win yesterday?
2: Well, I'm going to say this in general. I'm really proud of that football team. You know, what they're going through right now, what they've had to overcome. Uh, yesterday, even more so, I guess they had seven guys out in the back end, and I think it it just makes a statement of the leadership. I, I, I think I know that Justin Fuente is doing a tremendous job, and his staff is doing a tremendous job of leading this group and getting them to buy in that, you know, it's the next man up mentality. It's a team first mentality. And together we can do this and it's showing on the field and, and they've been chomping at the bit for a long time. I mean, it's unprecedented times and, and, uh, it's going to go up and down, I think throughout the next several weeks. And, and, uh, you know, but I'm just, uh, I'm really proud of this football team. You know, I've invested a lot and still invested a lot with a lot of the guys, particularly on defense, but, uh, you know, and, and the staff, but uh, I am really, like I said, proud of this football team and how they're competing and how they're, that next men up mentality and what they're, and how they're performing. And, you know, that guy, Tyler Matheny, I, I, who I really love, Tyler, he's a guy that's tough and you know, he was a, a wrestling champ in the state of Virginia, tough, hard-nosed guy. But, uh, you know, for him to step up and be a guy that's – you know, you get a guy like, like him that's been probably third or fourth on the depth chart, but that shows that he's paying attention in the meetings. And, and you know, when he gets his opportunity, he he's taking advantage of that and, and doesn't want to let his teammates down, doesn't want to let his brother down. And that's the one thing I've really been impressed of, how the variety – we've got a running game now. It's neat to see we've got some backs that uh, – uh, can break tackles and run through some holes strong and and uh uh the quarterback play has been uh you know Burmeister I know I thought I was very impressed with him as a our scout team quarterback obviously I know what Quincy can do and what Henning can do but uh it's just we've got some depth at some spots and uh and it's just been fun group to watch and you know they're going to have a big game this week and you know and obviously we feel about North like North Carolina like we do UVA so Uh, That's going to be a big, big ball game. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing these guys compete again next weekend.
1: Absolutely. And uh, so what we'll do here, we'll kick it off, jump into the time machine. What was growing up in Illinois like? I know you grew up in Nokomis, Illinois, uh, played ball at Murray State, which is where you you eventually (laughs) met with uh, Coach Beamer. But what was it like uh, growing up there early on, you know, family life and playing ball at a young age?
2: Yeah, that's, you know, I actually, I, I kind of, I grew up in St. Charles, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. My dad was a corporate guy. Uh, he actually, he was involved with the development of uh, saran wrap, you know, that people use. It was called, the company at the time was called flexipak And, you know, he ended up got, got a, they, the company sold and he got a job offer to go to Boston, Massachusetts and to be like one of their, he was like one of them top sales rep. and He was the vice president of this company. And then when they were bought out, they wanted him to come along with him, with the company. And he commuted to Boston for about nine months, uh, going through my, uh, end of my sixth grade year and my early seventh grade year in St. Louis. And, uh, he didn't want to move his family all the way out to Boston. And so he ended up liquidating his stocks that he had in the company and bought a Western Auto store. And there's not around, I think True Value or Ace bought those those people out. Uh, but that was a big store back in the day. It was a hardware store, um, uh, automotive store. My dad turned it in. We bought an old opera house and we turned it into a, we had a furniture center and all different kinds of things. My dad, he didn't do anything small when it came to business. So uh, so that's what I did growing up and, and going through seventh grade and eighth grade. I kind of took a hiatus from football because Nacoma's, where I moved to Nokomis, Illinois was a sleepy little farm town, had 2,500 people. I had 1,500 kids in my seventh grade class where I, the school I was going to. We were going split school and I went, it was like going back in time, but some really great friends, very competitive athletically. We had a group of kids that were either a year older than me or a year younger than me in a small town that we were, we did everything together. We played baseball, we played football, we either played basketball or wrestled, uh, and just extremely competitive, very good, very talented group of guys. We had several that went on and played uh, college for a small school. Uh, that different a guy played basketball, a couple guys went and played college baseball, I went and played football. But, you know, in a small school like that, when you have four or five college type athletes, you can have a lot of success. And we did in so many sports, but I was very fortunate, good family, hard-working family. It's kind of where the lunch pail, blue collar kind of mentality came. My dad kind of had that mindset. And when he took over that Western auto store, you know, I worked all the time when I wasn't playing sports or doing something, I was either putting bikes together. I was delivering furniture. Uh, we were doing a variety of things, you know, unloading trucks, doing different things like that. Um, but then as I got back into high school and, and we basketball and baseball was obviously big there, but then in high school, I got back into football. And I was very fortunate. Nakoma's had some hall of fame coaches Our my high school basket. We were really good in basketball. My high school basketball coach had, uh, he's in the hall of fame, Lauren Wallace. Um, we went to the state finals in basketball. We went to state finals in in baseball. We had, uh, Uh, my high school football coach was really uh, very influential to me and and how I did things um, as I continued on as a coach but uh, you know I was just very fortunate to have some really good coaches that were into the fundamentals technique and fundamentals and and we were sound and tough and hard-nosed and and we we drilled that over and over and I think that's kind of you know where I kind of got my foundation as much as anything then I went on to Murray State. And then I had an opportunity to, you know, I played. I, I wasn't recruited by Mike Godfrey. I was recruited by a guy named Bill Ferguson. And um, it was his last year. He resigned after the season. He was there for a long time at Murray State. But then Mike Godfrey um, was my head coach. And then Ron Zook was my position coach. You know, Ron was at Florida and was at Illinois. And, uh, and then uh, Frank Beamer came in as the defensive coordinator after my sophomore season. So he was our defensive coordinator my junior and senior season. Coach Godfrey left after our senior year. We had a lot of success my junior and senior year. Uh, made it to the 1AA playoffs at the time and uh, had a really good program. Um, and people that don't know, you know, it's like James Madison that time. We were we were that caliber of football team. Had a bunch of great players. and um, But anyway, then Coach Godfrey left, Went to uh, went to Cincinnati. And, uh, and then Coach Beamer was promoted as head football coach at Murray State, and he offered me a spot at that time. And, you know, the rest is history from that as we moved on. We were there six years at, at Murray. We won uh, – you know, I, won, I was involved as a player, won a championship. As a coach, we won a championship there. And, you know, talking about a conference championship, went to the playoffs. So we developed a tradition and an expectation that, you know, we really kind of carried over you know, to, um, you know, hopefully when we, we came to Virginia Tech that we could build off of that, and which we did. It took us a little bit of time, but that's kind of where it all started with me, um, you know, with my childhood. I was around some good people. I good, I had great family, but then I was, I really was, um, I was intrigued by, um, you know, coaches. They were mentors. They were leaders. They were a lot of things to me, and, and I was very fortunate to be around some really outstanding people in the field that really influenced me in a lot of ways, uh, you know, outside of my, my home life and family life.
3: So let's dive into your career at Virginia Tech. The man you just mentioned, you begin your coaching career in 1981 at Murray State as a graduate assistant under that program's new head coach, and that coach's name was Frank Beamer. I have to ask, what were your initial thoughts about Coach Beamer when you first met him?
2: You know, uh, Coach was a guy, extremely smart, number one. Um, the But just, um, you know, he just had – we were running the old wide tackle six, which is a unique defense in itself. It was old eight-man front football. That's when, you know, people were still running two backs and all those kind of things. But, you know, he really understood the pressure package from a defensive standpoint. I know everybody thinks of coaches as special teams, and he brought that to the table too, don't get me wrong. Um, but He was a defensive coordinator first and, uh, you know, and an outstanding. We were dynamic on defense, but he just, he could really dial up blitzes, could make adjustments as well as anybody uh, that I'd been around and, and, you know, as a player and the coaches that I'd been around. And um, that was the thing I was most impressed initially was just his football IQ. And then Billy can relate to this coach at times was probably his best when things were maybe at their worst. And I, what I mean by that, if, if things weren't going well in a game, he could make those adjustments. He made everybody feel, Hey, everything's fine. We just take care of business and go to the next play and you know, we'll everything will, will take care of itself. And, you know, he was really gave you that calming factor that, Hey, we're doing things the right way. Just believe in each other. Let's go to the next play and go just lay it on the line. Don't let the last one affect the next one. And, and, um, that 's probably what um, you know I learned from him and got from him as much as as anything you know, particularly when he was a young coach and 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 then even as a as a young head coach uh, he was just a guy that was a deep thinker, and I really thought ahead of the game in a lot of ways. He really was a guy, even at Murray State brought in the special teams, and that 's where we dominated one uh, double football at the time obviously we were good on defense but uh, we were really dynamic on special teams, just like we were ended up being at Tech. You know, we were, you know, really uh, played great defense for the most part. We were dynamic on special teams, and then we'd had some dynamic offenses, but there were years that we weren't as talented at, at, at some spots over there, but we were opportunistic, and, you know, we created plays defensively and, and field position defensively in the kicking game, and that, that really, you know, was a – uh, formula for success for us in some seasons when maybe we weren't as dynamic offensively as we'd like to be. But that was my first, you know, feelings of him was just, uh, tremendous football IQ and, uh, decision-making under duress, um, it was really good under stressful situations and, you know, and, uh, uh, that's why he was always, that's why he's, you know, will go down as one of the all-time great coaches and, you know, in college football.
3: Absolutely. So fast forward to 1987, you leave Murray State with Coach Beamer to go coach linebackers at Virginia Tech. No pun intended here, what was the staff's initial plan to foster a winning culture in Blacksburg?
2: Well, you know, they had just come off. It was a lot of things. They would just, uh, Tech had just come off winning the Peach Bowl, which was their first bowl win. <laughs> in a long, long time, if maybe not their first bowl win ever, you know, they'd only been to about four game bowl games period or five games before that. And, and, uh, um, and I was excited, you know, uh, had a lot of talent coming back. Um, and then we were decimated by, oh, there was an academic scandal, uh, that took place. There was, um, the, uh, the athletic director, um, uh, Bill Dooley, he had uh, oversigned scholarships, and basically, we weren't given the death penalty, but we were about everything to that. We at the time we lost like 35 scholarships over three seasons. That that was when you could sign 35 people. I think we signed 11, maybe 17, and 19 in our, our first three years at Virginia Tech, and. Uh, and we lost all these guys to academic uh, situations um you know we lost all these scholarships and we were really all of a sudden we got here coming off a big year for tech and and uh us as a from murray state i'm really amped up and you know about three-fourths of the football team that we were hoping was going to come back was you know suspended for that first season and uh we were dug we were put in a deep deep hole that we had to dig ourselves out of and uh so i was kind of like at a shock you know like and we didn't know this coming into the situation and um but i am happy as things moved along you know that people saw that uh we had the right guy at the helm and frank beamer to to lead us out of that now the one thing that we did do you know tech uh we played the first five years we were here. we played like the toughest schedule those first five years in the country, and we felt like in order to get to the next level that Virginia Tech wanted to, our fan base, the Hokie nation wanted to that we had to we had to start competing you know and we our schedule amped up and and uh, we had a couple tough lean years, but they were tough lean years because we didn't have the personnel that we were needed to compete with the people that we were playing the miamis the Florida states, the South Carolinas. You know those folks like that who we were playing, and, and uh, um, Clemson. We played Clemson every year, uh, and I know they did that before. But uh, uh, you know those were that's just who we, we were playing week in week out, and we weren't playing the Wake Forest or the William and Marys or uh, you know the VMIs or people like that that they were playing before, and and uh, you know just was uh, it was an uphill climb, but uh, you know we finally made it to the top and, and, uh, you know, got to the point where we could be competitive and it just took some time, but it was a rough start. And, uh, it was one, like, what did I get myself into when it was all said and done, you know? So, uh, but now, you know, 34 years later, you can look back, you know, with a lot of pride and, and, um, you know, a lot of fun years and a lot of great relationships.
0: So uh, I know we were talking about fostering a winning culture in Blacksburg back starting in 1987. But in 1995, you get your first shot as a defensive coordinator at Virginia Tech, and as you take over that role, you get the new office, you get the new whistle. You're taking over and really overseeing the defense. When you thought about what do I want a Coach Foster-led defense to be, what really stood out, and how did you build that uh, defense from that? Well, point
2: that's a good question. You know, we had uh, we had a guy by the name of Phil Elmation, who I've got the utmost respect for as a football coach, and Phil was our coordinator in 1993 and 94 and really kind of helped get us turned the corner so to speak as a football program and defensively we did some good things but um you know we we were we, we were improving and it was a mentality and you know we always talked about then you know coming to work every day and doing that type of thing and and I just really wanted to take when I got the opportunity we had built it and Phil left to go to uh University of Washington to be like their secondary coach. And that's where we got our defense from, uh, basically. And, um, and coach Beamer felt good enough about me that I, maybe he saw a young guy like himself, uh, you know, with that mindset and things that, uh, uh from a football standpoint, but, um, uh, I just felt like I wanted us to be an aggressive attacking. Let's, let's don't let the offense dictate to us. Let's dictate to the offense mentality. And, um, uh, you know, that was being an aggressive blitzing, uh, aggressive with our back-end people. And, and uh, you know, and then that kind of came along with the lunch pail. We talked with, like Buck said, was the staff, with Phil being the coordinator, about us coming to work every day. And then, you know, I want to take it another level. Let's do something, you know, with the lunch pail that let's give, gives us a identity, but also is actually, some, you know, a symbol, something that we have within our own group uh, you know, that's going to separate ourselves and who we want to be as we move forward. We just had – we've gone to back-to-back bowl games in 93, 94. That's kind of the first time, if I'm not mistaken, for Tech to do that in a long, long time or if ever. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have this team coming back in 95. And we started out 0-2. My first couple of days as a our games were not, uh, you know, I was kind of going like, what's going on? And then we beat Miami, who we'd never beaten. And uh, went on and, you know, won 10 straight there with that count in the bowl game and and beating Texas in the Sugar Bowl. But, you know, the mindset of us being an attacking, aggressive defense that was going to come out and outwork our opponent, that was going to separate us. We were going to be mentally tougher. We were going to be physically tougher. Uh, We were going to, you know, uh, be more uh, better conditioned, uh, uh, just all the way around people weren't going to outwork us or out prepare us you know and that was uh, something that we really took pride in and that kind of the kids bought into it and that's the culture we ended up uh building and developing and really that the lunch pail came from to be a symbol to becoming a brand for us which was really really cool but that's not what i wanted to be i mean maybe in the long run yeah because you don't know how long you're going to be at a place, but you know to have that mindset of coming to work and competing and practicing like you're going to play, and so game days weren't as hard as you know you want them to be. It's more let's it, then let's make adjustments and do things that we need to do, and, and let's prepare our guys and that type of thing. And I thought that was something that we did. I thought we really, as a staff, did a great job, and our players did a great job of you know being prepared for all situations and. And that, that – because that's the where you earn your your check, so to speak, is making the adjustments and the kids being able to handle that and do the things on the sidelines and transfer that onto the field and those type of things. I thought that's what we were able to do. And that started in 95, I think, with the mindset of what we wanted to establish and how we wanted to do it. And and then that was our approach every day. I mean, our kids on defense you – know, you know, Billy, we, we did a lot of good on good work. And our kids on defense, man, they wanted to go – you know, get after our offense every day because I knew that was going to make them better uh, defensively. It was also going to make the offense better, you know, by us competing and, and pushing each other to the best to, that we can be and and not do it and, you know, learning how to practice with each other and that type of thing, but just pushing it and playing at a high level at all times and, and making it competitive. And our kids did a great job with that, I thought.
0: Speaking to kind of what I had the opportunity to see uh, in my time at Virginia Tech was your and Coach Beamer's relationship. And both of you are absolute world-class individuals. And some of the clips that, that come to mind from, uh, from my time there were your interview following the Military Bowl um, with, uh, with burn up on the field or uh, the big hug after the UVA game in 2015. And I know it's impossible to, to kind of summarize y'all's relationship and everything you all have been through over you know two decades plus, three decades plus. But what does that relationship with Coach Beamer mean to you? What does your time together back at Murray State into Virginia Tech and through now, how how do you sum that up?
2: Well, that's that's a, it's that's a good question, and that's a that's it's a hard question to answer, but it's an easy question to answer all the same. Uh, you know, number one, uh, as a man outside of my father, there's never been a more influential person in my life than Frank Beamer, and that way in so many other people's lives. I mean, I know you had experience a relationship with him and he's been in your home and those type of things. But what you see with uh, Frank Beamer is what you get. And uh, there's not a more ethical, more caring um, individual. Now, obviously he was a guy that had high expectations and was extremely competitive. I learned that, you know, from him very early, how competitive he was and he hated to lose. And, uh, but at the same time, he had a lot of compassion and, uh, knew it was a game, you know what I mean, and and uh, but at the same time, he just he he was a great mentor, great teacher, teacher. Uh, always tried to relate things as you remember as a player to life after football, and uh, that football can be a part of uh, preparing you for a lot of things and give you a foundation of discipline and hard work and commitment and loyalties and all those things. But that's what he was to me too. He was. He wore, you know, as coaches, we wear so many hats, but I looked up to him wearing all those hats. And like I said, he was outside of my my mom and dad. He's the most influential uh, person that I've ever come in contact with. I love him as a, you know, as a friend. Uh, I love him as, you know, he's a father figure to me and always will be him and Cheryl. Uh, They're just wonderful people. You know, coach who will go down in history as one of the all-time great football coaches. But, you know, if they have uh, an have uh, award for being one of the all-time great people, he deserves that as well because that's what he is, and that's how I feel about him and, you know, what he's meant to me.
0: Absolutely a world-class individual uh, and a world-class program. And then to talk a little bit about you love Coach Beamer. You've also loved Blacksburg. You've given back to Blacksburg. You've given back to Virginia Tech. Now I was doing some reading. And uh, I remember this back, uh, back, back in 2014, after the 2014. Coach, over the course of your career, you were a hot commodity. Everybody wanted Coach Foster to coach their defense. There, Everyone wanted Coach Foster to be calling their defenses. Um, you were quoted as saying that the closest that you ever came to skipping town was back in 2014 for Texas A&M. So I'm curious, what kept you from actually making that move to another place? What about Blacksburg was so special to you and kept you as a staple in that town and that program. Yeah.
2: I think it was a combination of things. Obviously, um, I applied for some and had some opportunities, some head coaching jobs. Um, uh, I was, I was selfish from that standpoint that I wanted to compete at a power five program. I didn't want to go back to Murray state. I didn't want to go, co- go coach in the mid American conference. I didn't feel like I needed to take a step backwards to take a step forward. I just didn't need to be a head coach to be a head coach. You know what I mean? And, um, and we were, we built a program that was a top 15 kind of program, top 10 program. And we were, we had a run there that was as good as anybody in America. And I enjoyed, um, you know, playing on Thursday nights. We were the Thursday night darlings of ESPN, you know, we became, we kind of grew together, you know, uh, college game day in Virginia tech. kind of that crew and us grew together, you know, and, and uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet and Lee Corso and the Hokies kind of grew up together, you know, and, uh, but we were playing in new year's day bowls. We, you know, we played in uh, several uh, of the, what would be called the, uh, you know, the new Year's six or whatever they're calling now with these playoffs. You know, that was kind of what we were playing. We played in a lot more of those than we played in the lesser bowls, but uh, that's what drove me to, you know, I was, a couple of things. I worked for the best head coach in the business. If I really wanted to work for, a guy, and I want to work for myself, you know what I mean? But did, I did get to know who Kevin Sumlin was, and he was intriguing, and Texas A&M, very much like Virginia Tech, you know, a land-grant institution, all those things, but, uh, and I've heard a lot of good things about Kevin. I talked to him on the phone several times over the years, and he reminded me a lot of Coach Beamer. I felt like if there was going to be another guy I could work for, it might be him, and he had that high-prolific offense at the time, and those type of things, you know, but, uh, but that was, I think, a couple, you know, that was the reason why of that. But then establishing what we established here and the winning culture, and then our expectations were second to none. You know, everybody expected us to win 10 or 11 football games every year. And and we did that for a stretch. And um, we were winning. We were playing at the highest level. We were uh, We were recruiting well. We were on TV on a regular basis. They were paying me good money. I mean, it wasn't maybe the best, Um, but I was getting paid good money. And then I will say this, this is what kept me in Blacksburg. I think, you know, the, the, the new river Valley, the Blacksburg community, uh, they really rebel coaches for whatever reason, you know, it's good football, high school football around this area. Uh, those coaches had a lot of success here. Uh, you know, coach Beamer, obviously we started having success and, and, you know, quality of life for me was, was great i was able to raise three children here two of my three still live here and they kind of got established here we've got grandchildren with them and uh, you know that kind of made it hard for me to live i you know I, I, like i said quality of life to me is more important than maybe a hundred thousand more dollars or anything like that you know what i mean and that's uh we were went at the highest level and when coach beamer retired you know i had some other opportunities um, they really made me feel, I wanted the job at Virginia Tech, but I was, you know, I, I, I was told early that they were going to go a different direction, but they wanted me to stay here and use that to, uh, you know, uh, hopefully in, invite a, uh, a good football coach to come here. And, and I, I, we, we hired the hottest guy in the profession at, at the time with, in Justin Fuente. And I, I felt like, you know, uh, we're going to have that high-end offense and those type of things. And we did for a couple times, and we didn't a couple times. But, uh, um, you know, I just – it's the quality of life. It's the people, how people treat treated me, my family, uh, the respect they give us give, – given us. And and, um, and those were a big, big part of things why I stayed here as long as I did.
0: I got to ask you about this this secret plane ride, 1030 on a Monday night. You, uh, you fly down to see Coach Fuente uh, in Memphis uh, when they were you know discovering are you going to stay or are we going to go with uh, with Coach Fuente? Can you just kind of shine a light a little bit on that night i mean i can 't imagine i i, I can't ima- i can 't believe that you were able to make it out on Tuesday for practice after a flight like that coming on back um, but just kind of walk us through that uh that turn of events there
2: you know that was one of those that was a top secret uh, deal you know i was I remember Monday was our game planning day and Whit Babcock, I remember, uh, came called me and said, hey, look, we're, we're going we, we think we know who we've hired. I didn't know at the time. I didn't even know it was Justin or, you know, and um, um, I thought it was Mullen he was down at, uh, at Mississippi State, at the, you know, who it might be the, uh, you know, how all the rumors are and stuff. But Whit said, I think we got, we're gonna, I think we got our head coach and we want you to go meet him and he wants to meet you. So what time can you be done? I said, you know what, this is our late game plan. and he. But I, I couldn't tell anybody. Like none of the staff could know this was like top secret. And I said, you know, we're not going to get out of here until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And um, he said, really? And I said, yeah, man, that's just what we do. And <laughs> I said, but the earliest I could do it without sending up a red flag would be, okay, 10, 30, you know, 11 o'clock range. And so – we just kind of played. We were five and six. We had to beat Virginia to go be bowl eligible, you know, in Coach Beamer's last game. And, I mean, there was a lot of things riding on the line. And I remember we flew out, and I flew out with Desiree Francois, who was uh, Witt's uh, Associate Athletic Director. And she was involved in the – really in the hiring of the – and meeting with the potential head coaches. And her and I flew out, and we flew out of Roanoke. We didn't fly, even fly out of Blacksburg. Nobody wanted to see us in Blacksburg together. So we went down to Roanoke and flew out and um, ended up, we we flew into Memphis, um, and I found out mid-flight who he was going to go see. She had a folder and gave me the folder and all that. And um, we landed, when drove over to Justin Fuente's house. I'm not for sure what time we got there. might have been like midnight, you know, and, or so. And they were on central time, time zone. So, um, But we sat there for about three or four hours. And uh, we talked about a lot of things, you know, we didn't talk a lot of X's and O's. We talked a little bit of more, you know, philosophy on people and practice uh, habits and discipline and a lot of things of that nature. But I remember getting back in the plane. I tried to sleep a little bit. It's hard to do that. But I rolled in my house at like 530 in the morning. And we had to be at the office at 6:30, and I drank the strongest pot of coffee that uh, I could just to try to make it through the day, you know. But uh, I couldn't say anything to anybody until you know really after the game, and I guess they announced it uh, during the that the Virginia game that he was going to be the the new head coach. At uh, and then I kind of had to come clean with all that at the end. And that's what I did. And thank goodness we won because I would that I'd have hated that that we'd have had a. Uh, poor performance defensively and um, that would have attributed to you know us not finishing coach Beamer's tenure the way he deserved you know to go out so but that was great to beat Virginia and then go on and win that that bowl game you know uh, on his last couple of games as a Hokie.
0: Speaking of um just that year it was incredible how much how well handled it was from the top down at least from a player facing perspective it was never something that um was a distraction from a from a player's standpoint not something coaches were chattering about everybody was very professional in the way that they handled everything um and I'm, that kind of leads me to I'm curious I remember the meeting in the day where coach where coach Beamer announced that he was going to retire uh we had the team meeting um and the way that that always goes is 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 the media usually gets it before players get it so I'm curious how did you when you did decide uh that you were going to uh retire at the end of the 2019 season? How did you tell how did you tell the team? Um what was that meeting like? Uh just kind of walk us through that day uh with your team.
2: Yeah, you know, that was one of the toughest well, it was a tough decision to make number one period. I'd gotten through, you know, I'd had 25 year run as a coordinator and that's a long time, man. You start a lot of late nights um you know, a lot of a lot of mental stress, physical stress, a lot of different things, you know, go in that role. Um, but it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I got to a point physically and, and mentally and emotionally, I was, I kind of hit a wall, I, you know, and, uh, but I did have enough tank, you know, gas in the tank to give one more time. And, you know, I talked to several people, Leading into this, you know, and uh, and I'm thankful for the administration that their biggest concern for me was that i was would be able to make it through the season healthy, you know, I just had some hard episodes and some issues that was the main thing like we kept that under wraps till the end of the year, but that was that was the main cause of my decision and and um but I do remember going in and talking to the staff first. it was very emotional i I thought i could I thought I could handle it with those guys really well. But those are the guys you spend a lot of time with. Obviously, you know, you're, you're a lot of time with your players. But, you know, we're working however many hours a week. And I'm with those guys. I'm with Charlie Wiles. Or I was with, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Brian Mitchell. Or, you know, I've got Jack Tyler next to me who, you know, I've coached and worked with and who's going to be a great football coach, not a good football But those, those are the guys. You know, James Shebest. I mean, Justin Fuente has been tremendous to me and uh great football coach and was just been a great guy to work for but that was really hard for me to tell those guys you know and then going to talking to the team I I know it took some guys back because I don't think they ever thought I'd quit or I didn't quit that I would ever stop you know what I mean and and uh um and it was tough you know and and I just wanted them to know yeah that uh I'm going to give them their very best. And I expect the the same from them. And we do that. Then we're going to put ourselves in a chance to be competitive and win. And we did, we had a chance to, you know, uh, to win the coastal again. We put ourselves in that position to, to get back. I know 2018 was a really tough year on me uh, in a lot of ways. And that's where kind of the physical toll took its toll on me over the years. Uh, But um, you know, we had a really good, 16 and 17 season with with uh, Justin Fuente and, and then last year to turn it back around and and I knew this year that's the hard part I knew this year we had a chance to be really really good and it wasn't about that it was about me being able to be fair to the young men that I was going to lead that I could give them my very best and it just got to the point that I couldn't and I just wanted I didn't tell them that but they understood that at the end you know that that, that uh, I had I had given my my all to Virginia Tech over these last 33 years and particularly the last 25 as a coordinator and and uh, and and they respected that and 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 I hope they feel that I gave them my very best last year to the very end and and, and they did they did for me and I, I was so appreciative of that
3: So why did you decide to recommend coach Justin Hamilton to replace you to coach Justin Puente?
2: You know, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I've known Jay Ham obviously for a long time. He played for us, and then I'd, I'd stay in touch with him. And that's the one thing I've always done: I've stayed in touch with the players, and whether it's through some kind of social media, things of that nature. And uh, every day, I mean, I hit guys with the happy birthday or happy anniversary or whatever. And uh, but I stayed in touch with Jay Ham. Obviously, he played a couple years in the NFL. Then he got into coaching. We kind of recruited the same areas. He was got involved with. Uh, VMI. Well, he was at, um, he was at uh, UVA Wise and he became a coordinator there and he came up and visited me on several occasions. Um, I really liked his football IQ and mindset. Uh, Then he went to uh, VMI and we recruited the same areas and we spent a lot of time together. Then he was a guy I wanted to get back in our program, you know, if we ever had an opportunity. Um, You know, then when I made my announcement Uh, coach Fuente came to me and said, Hey, look, I know it's too early, but just as we move forward, just keep in mind and maybe you can help me, you know, put together uh, uh, some names of some guys that we can go after. And, um, you know, and I said, yeah, we'll do that. And there's a lot of guys out there, but you know, you're going to have to pay them and and that type of thing. And that's, you're going to have to not pay, you know, Justin Hamilton because I think he's getting paid the same thing I was getting paid, but um, uh, you know, he we went through practice a couple days and then we brought Jerry Kill in, who Jerry, I've got the utmost respect for Jerry. He's a great football coach, great personnel guy. And um Jerry was kind of walking around, he was doing more offense, but you know, I told him, I said, Hey, look, I'm I'm really, and this is between you and me, I really think this guy's got he's a future star in this business. And I just I'd like to recommend him, I think, to Coach Fuente. He might be crazy, but I think he's in a position like Coach Fu and I were at his age that I think he's ready for that that step and that promotion. He's been a coordinator already. He's made, had to make decisions. He's recruited at some tough places. Um, I just think this guy – but I think he's got a great football IQ. He's a great teacher, you know, all those things. So I had, had Jerry Kill kind of just hang around his – you know, doing his individual group uh, work, um, maybe – peeking in on some meetings and things like that. And he said, you know, Bud, I agree with you. I think this guy has got a chance to be a star. So I went down to coach Fuente, and said, Hey, look, I know it's early still like you said to me, but I think you ought to look at this guy. And I said, I would stand on the table is for this guy to think to be, he would understand our scheme. Not that I know you, you might want to change things, but you know, it's, uh He's a guy that I, I, I'd stand on the table for in a lot of ways, you know, and, and that's kind of how it came about, you know, and, and I, I'm, I hate it for Justin Fuente or excuse me, Justin Hamilton that um, he has, uh, you know, uh, come in contact with COVID because I know he's chomping at the bit. I talked to him actually on a Zoom last week. I stopped my, stuck my head in. And they were all meeting, but Zoom meetings, and he was at home. And um, But that kind of goes to show you what they're doing as a staff and the leadership under Justin Fuente. That's kind of a where I'm really proud of these guys and have great leadership. But I know Justin Hamilton's chomping at the bit to be the guy that's calling the defenses. But so far it's been two games and two different guys calling it. And uh, But that goes back to the mindset and the mentality. And I think – and the leadership, I think they prepared – for this uh, scenario, you know, and um, and uh, it's worked out. But I, I I'm Justin Hamilton is going to be a star in this business and is a star in this business. And I, I can't wait for him to get his opportunity and people see really what he's all about.
0: Well, Coach, I got to say it's 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 pretty exciting though. Coach Tyler stepping into the spotlight, and unfortunately, ACC Network didn't talk about it a whole lot. But Coach Tyler stepped in and filled in for coach Smith who filled in for coach Hamilton um yeah I I just couldn't be happier for coach Tyler um would love to hear you kind of speak to coach Tyler and and what that meant kind of watching on your end
2: I hit him after the game I hit Justin uh Fuente after the game uh and I've hit these guys before wishing them luck and all that and but I hit Jack in particular and uh just because I I just watched him on the sidelines. I watched his interaction. The guy was a great football player. He's going to be even a better football coach because he's just, uh, again, got a great mindset. He can He's going to be a coordinator one day, going to be a, a guy that's, uh, you know, is going to be really, really well thought of in this business. But it was a proud moment for me to see him and uh, excel. It doesn't surprise me a bit but I'm really excited for him, but uh, really good football coach, a, a guy that the kids really respect. Absolutely. Um, they believe in, they trust him. And, uh, you know, they know that he sat in their seat and the same thing with uh, Jay Hamm, the same thing with Pearson Prelo, Prelo the same thing now with Daryl Tapp being back. Uh, you know, you've got guys in the program that even though the lunch pail has been retired, that, they understand the expectations of and the, and the uh, um, the history and tradition of that side of the ball at Virginia Tech, and and that's something that I'm really proud of, and that those guys are upholding that that part of, and I, it, may, it makes me proud as a as a as a coach, so, and and, have, and to have coached those guys, and you know to call them family when it's all said and done.
3: On that note, coach, you mentioned staying in touch with players post grad, and the, I, I think. The lunch pail mentality and ferocity was born out of coaching young men like Jack Tyler, like Daryl Tapp, Corey Moore, Chris Ellis, Jason Worlds, D'Angelo Hall, Macho Harris, Camp Chancellor, the Fuller brothers, the Edmonds brothers, all those guys. How special has it been for you personally to see so many of these kids go on to do such incredible things at the next level and outside of football?
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about – you know what these we had so many guys going to the NFL and, and some great defense but you know you take guys like Aaron Rouse right now you know he's uh, he's a councilman over there and you know in Virginia Beach and you know making an impact and as a guy that I think is a you know is a shining star you know in the community but that's the one thing it's just, it's just so neat to you know, when, I, when we recruited these guys, it, I told them this was going to be a relationship for a lifetime. It j- just wasn't going to be for these next four or five years. That We were always going to have their best interests at heart, you know, while they were here, and it would continue. And, uh, and I wanted to uphold my promise and commitment to them. You know, that's the one thing. Uh, I don't have everybody's phone number, but I, I do f- try to follow guys on whether it's Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram and things of that nature. And, you know, I know when, if it's their birthday, it's going to pop up and I'm going to wish them happy birthday, you know, or if it's an anniversary <laughs> or, we, or we follow each other. And, you know, that's the whole thing. But, you know, Billy, I've reached out to you on that, but that's, that's one way to stay in touch. And then, you know, the guys will, you know, they'll hit, hit you back with, Hey coach, thank you for everything. I'm following, I'm, you know, the foundation you build is how I'm leading my life or my family. But um, you know, more importantly, it's just, the relationships you have, that you know, I love those guys like family, and and uh, and that's I want them to know that. And and even though we're we spent a lot of time together at one point in our life, and and I hope I had a positive impact on that, and I want to continue to do that as as we move forward. I know there's been guys that I've helped, uh, you know, that were on some dire straits with some things that have reached out, they didn't know where to go, and you know, I've done that too, and. And that's just part of it. I mean, that's – we are a family. We'll be a family forever. And and I hope the guys look to me that way in, in some form or fashion that I was somebody that helped them and they could trust and, and know that i always had their best interest at heart and will continue to do that. So it's, it's pretty cool that we've developed that kind of relationship. And it wasn't just a defensive side too, right, Billy? I mean, that was the one thing that I always made a point to do before every football game is I went and shook hands, shook hands with everybody. And That's I want to right. shake hands with the offensive guys and wish them luck. And, you know, they want them to know that I, I, I we were all in this thing together. I can tell you that. And so it's a relationship all the way through and through.
0: It was spe- – I, I, to, to harp on that, I mean, it was, uh, it was special. I mean, I've heard through talking to other folks that I went to high school with or, or met along the way uh, just kind of how their college experiences would have went. Uh, but the one thing that you know, I loved about Virginia Tech was – the relationships that you had with the coaches were real. They genuinely cared about you as a human being, regardless of if you're if you're in their meeting room or you're on the other side of the ball or they you quite frankly don't have that much of an impact during the sixty minutes. I mean, every relationship uh, to this day has been fantastic. And um, I got I got a lot of love for you and, and all the other coaches that quite frankly set the mold. Um for the rest of my life, down the uh, down the line, so I can't I can't thank you and everybody on that staff from 14 all the way up to 18, and even now um, for doing that. So, uh, genuinely, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, you're more than welcome, Billy. I, you all, you were always you had a lot of ability, and you were a lot of fun to be around. They always had a great personality, man. They got the the offensive line guys, man. They're unique anyway. Although you know, with that, you got to have that kind of personality anyway. So it's, it's it was. Fun to be uh, where we'll be t- together for the rest of our lives, whether you want, want to or not. <laughs> but so I am her. looking forward, I will say this I am looking forward to uh, when we can all get back into Lane Stadium. I'm Absolutely, agree. Getting out and tailgating and see now. I'll get a Oof. chance to see guys at reunions and things of that nature. Oh, and, man. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that and hugging guys' necks and being able to spend some time, you know. A lot of people have come back over the years, and it's just it's it's I can only spend brief moments with them, and I hated that because there's guys that made a big impact. I mean, they 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 gave me my my job because of how they you know bought in and and competed. I wouldn't be where I am without the young men that uh, you know played for me and the guys that worked with me, and and uh, I'm so appreciative of those guys, and I can't wait to to get around everybody in more of a social and more relaxed setting.
1: So before we jump into a little rapid fire here, we did this segment last week with Isaiah Ford, and uh, we had him power rank four specific performances that he had over his career. So we're going to give you four games over the Bud Foster era at Virginia Tech, and we want you to power rank them uh, one through four here. So we'll start it off. 1999 Clemson, Corey Moore, welcome to the Terror Dome. Miami 2003, two defensive touchdowns over the Canes, who hadn't lost in like almost 40 straight regular season games. Give it to me, Roscoe. Eric Green, pick six. 2007, Clemson in Death Valley. DJ Parker had a pick six, and you had huge hits the entire night for Macho and Brendan Flowers, Cam Martin. Everyone was flying around. And then the last one, 2014 Ohio State. They just had talent up and down the field. Uh, a sack fest in the shoe, Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas, Curtis Samuel, JT Barrett. So just give us the rundown. Power rank, where do those four Oh, those are hard
2: because there's even some games on there that I might have thought you might have thrown in there a little bit too. So those <laughs> games are hard. I knew you were going to yeah. call us out for missing some. Four isn't a lot. Yeah, I mean, we could have gone all day. Yeah. We, we yeah, could have done but, 40. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's going to be hard. I, I really think um, – I really – I'm going to do this. I really think – uh the Clemson game down in Death Valley we went out there and got 38 nothing we got after their tail and that was really the uh, the the forefront of of the terror dome defense of that group of that those guys that led us to a national championship uh position and uh but that was a big game obviously early in the season and and i remember those guys we we our, they came I was reading a newspaper where they said that um we that we knew their checks and all that we our kids were just we were locked in it was a, just a great group probably the Ohio State game would be next i mean just going on the road there uh, me growing up in the midwest ohio state and ohio state's one of the all-time great top two or three programs in the history of college football and they did they had talent galore and going up there and they didn't have an answer for us you know and our kids played so so well and then i'll say the the and it, it was, those are close going to clemson then again and beating them in death valley that time and i think it was, the score was like 21 to 5 or 24 to 5 at one point in time and there wasn't an offensive touchdown scored. we scored uh on a punt return a kick return and a, and a pick six they kicked two field goals and had a safety and i think that was um you know, that was how we how the how the game went right there. But they were really, really talented. And then obviously anytime you beat Miami, we gotta put that up there too. And it's you you're we're splitting hairs, I think, in these four games. But um you know, that was a great win. Um, you know, and we had a stretch run with Miami there that uh we hadn't beaten them, and then we went on about a four or five, six-year run that we'd beaten those guys, same as we did with Clemson. You know, we beat those guys about four or five years in a row too, and that was, that was all about in that same time. But uh, that's kind of how I'd rate those right now.
0: Coach, I know you got some beer-battered chicken coming up here. We got two more sections here for you. The next section here is rapid fire, brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Go on in. Let them know the Sun sent you. you get 50% off of your teeth whitening. So, check them out, Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. The way this segment works, real quick, first thing that comes to your mind, we're not going to hold you to one word, but we're just uh, excited to see what you'll have to say here. And uh, I'll go ahead. This is Pat's favorite section. I'll let him kick
1: it off. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, dozens of defensive touchdowns over the years. It's Sunday, October 4th. If you think of one defensive touchdown right now, which one are you thinking of just randomly?
2: Uh, D'Angelo Hall against Miami.
1: And then you get to play golf with three other college football coaches all time from other schools who is in your foursome?
2: Oh, good Steve Spurrier. Um uh, I would say probably uh, Daryl Royal and Bud Wilkinson.
0: You any good at go- you any good at golf, Coach Foster? You know what? I would
2: say I used to be decent. You know, I had back surgery years ago, Billy, and I quit playing golf. That's when I got into surfing, wake surfing. Okay. You think, yeah? But now I used is to is that even easier on your back? I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is because we only go about six miles an hour. You know, it's very, okay. it's easy. It's not a lot of torquing on your back and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I did. I used to play a lot of golf and and I I liked it, and then it just uh, I, I kind of got away
0: from it a little bit. Coach, favorite place to eat in Blacksburg? Uh, 622 North. 622 North. What does Coach Foster get on his pizza?
2: Oh, uh, sausage uh, and onions.
0: Okay. That's an American pizza. What is your – you got cold drinks waiting. Shout out to Coach Young. What is your favorite beverage?
2: Uh, Tito's and uh, ice waters. Wow. Okay. Sons of hell. Ice water drinks, those carbonated ice waters. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I get Tito's vodka and that coconut pineapple. That's like crack cocaine to me. I guess I don't know. I've never done any of that, but I would, that would be I, if that's what how I hear how addictive that is. That's got kind of, I mean, That's my drink of choice. I love that's my my summer go to drink.
3: You there you might, go. You might have just answered my question, Coach Foster, with the pizza uh, bacon or sausage? A sausage. Sausage.
2: What are well, your now, thoughts? If it's now let me say this. If it's breakfast, I'm, I'm a bacon guy all the way. There you yeah, go. Pizza is sausage. Fair. Fine. I, I, I like that. What are your thoughts on
3: coleslaw? Do you like it or do you not? Uh, it's okay. I don't know what that it's It's okay. <laughs> I, I agree. It's just fine. Most underrated player you've ever coached at Virginia Tech, in your opinion? Myron Newsome. Why, why do you think so?
2: Well, I mean, I, I don't know if he got the stature or the credit like some of the guys did, like an Xavier D.B. or Vince Hall or Jamel Smith, Mike Hawks, or even a Ben Taylor, Those, but was every bit maybe one of the best college football players I've ever coached. Wow. And uh, he was a good player. And he got notoriety. He was an all-league player, but he didn't get the stature. I don't think it, that he continues to deserve um, as, a, as a player at Virginia Tech. He was just a guy undersized. And I tell you what, he set the standard of the lunch pail. He was a guy that uh, he came to work and competed every day like it was game day. And I think he really – he did as much as anybody rubbed off. And probably the next guy was Daryl Tapp to to, to compete like that that on a daily basis that impacted the people around him. And that's why I say Myron was probably one of the unsung guys in, in my time there.
3: Guys that you still speak with on the regular from the past two decades?
2: Oh, there's there's quite a few. I mean, uh, well, George Del Rico is a guy. I mean, uh, um, obviously there was like Jay Hamm, uh, Torian Gray, um, still with guys like that. But there's still several. I mean, I, and right now in my role, I've reached out to several of the guys that are playing the NFL I, did, I called 15 guys in the NFL. My shortest conversation was 53 minutes. That's pretty cool. So that was wow. – uh, we caught up on a lot of things. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, – it was fun to catch up with. But I can't say there's one in particular. I mean, when you're, you're close by with things, Jack Tyler and guys like that, obviously we, were, we worked with on a daily basis. But, um, you know, there was guys that would reach out here and there. I don't wanna know if there was one in particular that I just, you know – Still J.C. Price, Cornell Brown, guys like that, you know, they're still football-related, but we still talk
0: quite a bit. Coach Brown, one of the absolute best in the business. Shout-out to, uh, oh shout well, to Coach what a, Brown.
2: What a great football player, too. One of the, Well, he, he turned around Virginia Tech, too, in my mind with, you know, him – he was the first big-time recruit in Coach Beamer's tenure. I'm talking top four, five-star kind of guy, and they didn't have stars in that time, but – he was that impact guy that he was the most highly recruited kid in the state of Virginia at the time. He came to Tech, and that started uh, that started people coming to, you know, uh, starting to build a fence around uh, the state and keeping guys at home and particularly coming to Virginia Tech.
0: Coach, uh, retirement section here. What is the best show? I don't even know if you watch TV like that. Is there is there a show that you're uh, binging right now on Netflix or, or whatever? You know what, uh, you that's have. a
2: good question. But, I, you know, I didn't have time for tv a whole lot and i'd watch football usually <laughs> when i was when i was coaching but um i got into netflix i didn't even know how to operate the day how to get netflix you know so uh and my, my son and, and stepson have helped us and and um <laughs> but i i really uh i really got into binge watching a lot of shows i mean uh, uh i mean we got into so many stuff but i finally we're watching arrested development now but i got into um breaking bad and you and yes. uh, Ozark and I can't mm-hmm. wait for Ozark to come back out uh Schitt's Creek is one that's kind of entertaining and funny and so we got a little bit that we kind of watch several things but uh you know I, I tell you what I'm finding myself I'm, I'm staying busy I've got a routine in the morning I'm actually started going back to work this week uh, but uh um you know i i am i'm enjoying my time and we'll catch up on some netflix in the evening so it's it's kind of our time to to do those things
0: and you mentioned it earlier this is your first i mean this is your first august like what do you think of august i mean august not inside the football facility what what, august a pretty cool
2: month yeah august september she's we're in october now man you Uh know so uh it is, uh, like I said, it's, uh, this is the first time in forty-eight years that I have not been involved, starting in August, uh, in foot with football. And uh, you know, a lot of people have checked on me, wanting to make sure I'm okay and and I'm not having, uh, you know, going through the DT, so to speak. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm enjoying life. I've got a, a lovely, lovely yeah. wife, and and uh, who's, uh, you know, she's uh, she has her own business. She's it's been tough on her this COVID time, but it's been great for us to. Uh, just really uh, do some things together and, and uh, um, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this time of my life. I really am. I, I was at, you know, I was interested in see what the, it's like on the other side uh, and I'm enjoying every bit. I can tell you that.
0: Well, coach to get, to give some shout outs here, I had the pleasure of, uh, of meeting your fantastic wife uh, at a couple of games this past season. Uh, what is her, let's give her business a shout out. What, what does she do and how can uh, folks support?
2: Yeah, she's with uh, MedReach and uh, she does, she does, uh, she's a marketer for, uh, for docs, you know, for doctors with special, you know, specializations, you know, different things like that. So, uh, and, uh, and that's, it's right now, you know, those, the doctors don't want to see those people. She still deals with a couple that are close contracts and contacts and close friends. And there's some that, uh, you know, they just, they're, that's just, it's slowed down like a lot of businesses have, you know, and, and she's. She's staying busy, but not as busy as she'd like, but the, she gets to spend time with me and I know that makes her day.
0: <laughs> coach, as we, uh, as we, uh, last four questions or five questions here, we have from the Good. fans, uh, letters from the lunch pail presented by Sharkies. Ryan Young coach. What is the biggest bass or fish that you have caught so far in retirement?
2: You know what, to be honest with you, I haven't fished a whole lot, uh, since retirement. I have, uh, You know, uh, like I said, the weather down was – we had good weather, but it was rainy. I spent – if I've done more, it's been fishing and and doing some things and piddling around the yard. The biggest fish I caught, I caught a uh, 25-pound striper in my time. I caught a 5-pound largemouth, a 6-3-quarter-pound and smallie, and a 30-pound flathead uh, catfish. Those are my largest fish that I've caught. And an 8-pound walleye. Those are all kind of what I've I've caught down here that – But I, I, that's my next deal is to get my, get back in my, my boathouse and get all my fishing lines and my, my poles restrung and reset up. And that's kind of my next, I've been doing so much yard work and different things like that, that I've, I've spent more time doing that and getting on the water, but not fishing. And, uh, but that's going to be my next phase of, is back in retirement is getting back and enjoying that part of, uh, because that's very, very relaxing and enjoyable.
1: The next question here is from Grady Baker. Coach, you coached against a significant number of outstanding quarterbacks over the years, many of whom have been NFL stars. Name a few quarterbacks that you are happy you'll no longer have to game plan against.
2: You know what? Every I, We played everybody from Brett Favre to Peyton Manning to uh, Matt Ryan. The, the guy that... Uh, to be honest with you that I have the utmost respect for more than any of them, because we were rivals, it was uh, uh, Donovan McNabb uh, at uh, Syracuse. You know, just a great football player, tremendous competitor. Um, I ha- he was a guy that we had some great, great battles with. Matt Ryan is another guy. You know, he, he had a couple great years at B.C., uh, we played those guys in the. They beat us in the regular league, but we beat them in the in the in the, in the ACC championship game. Uh, but those are a couple guys that come. Kind of, we played Peyton Manning. You know, he was a freshman in the Gator Bowl at Tennessee, and we jump started his career. He went. Uh, he played like a freshman all year till he you know got to the bowl game. Uh, playing Brett Favre. I mean, you go back. I mean, the quarterbacks that Miami had and Florida State had. I mean, it's been a who's who. But uh, you know, Donovan's a guy because of you know our tie-ins in the in the uh, in the old big east and we battled syracuse at that time uh you know for the uh, big east championship he was a guy that you know i just thought was a tremendous athlete and a tremendous competitor and just a dynamic football player
0: from jk shields i have been aspiring to get into coaching football recently particularly high school what is the best advice you would give to someone starting out in that profession
2: In the coaching profession is, uh, you know, be uh, number one, learn as much as you can. Don't be afraid to ask questions from people that you look up to, uh, coaches, uh, that type of thing. Uh, Make sure you don't know all the answers. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, you might have your ideas, but uh, uh, there's people that have a lot more experiences. Make sure you think out uh, if you're going to, if you want to make a, um, you know a point make sure you think them um, think it through and then as a somebody that is a coach that uh, you really want to you know you're not getting into coaching for the money you're getting in it because you care about young people and uh, like to see them excel and uh, I really think taking interest in your players uh, take an interest in and what they do, because once they find out that you truly care about them, they'll run through the wall for you, I think, in the most part. They'll do whatever you ask of them. And, and, uh, but I just say be fair, be honest, and up front. And, and, and in the long run, that will take you a long way.
3: Last letter from the Lunch Pail comes from Karsten DeWolf. First off, thank you for all you did, Coach. You always had defenses that would love to give a ball carrier a good hit, is there one tackle and or big hit that stands out in your mind?
2: Oh, if there's one, it might be uh, Jamel Smith against Clemson. Uh, they brought a receiver across the, the formation. He was We were playing a zone coverage and he made a break and really uh, broke him in half. And that was a big, big game. That was a game Corey Moore had a uh sack and a strip and scoop and score and all those kind of things like that but uh that was a hit that set the tone early in the game and and uh and there were several in our career i mean my career with great players But that you you want me to pick one that's one right now it comes to top my top of my head
0: coach foster this has been a ton of fun again i can't uh Thank you for all you did for Virginia Tech. Did all, all that you did uh, for me. i um, really looking forward to getting back together sometime soon. Um, love you. Just wanted to give you a chance if you have anybody, anything to shout out or any parting words. But, again, we can't thank you enough for your time. No, uh, no, just Sunday. thank
2: you guys. I'd love to be back on the air again sometime, you know. I'm, uh, like I said, I, I, I enjoy this. I've been doing some things football-wise with some consulting and stuff, so I'm enjoying doing that still, being a part of it. I just have to, I don't have to do it for – 16 hours a day you know so uh but thank you guys I appreciate what you all are doing uh supporting the Hokies and and uh uh, making a medium for uh you know for for football fans out there It's, it's it's really cool and I enjoy enjoy listening to you guys enjoy what you're doing and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to be on the show with you guys it means a lot
0: coach enjoy that chicken I will (laughs) Billy love you man thank you guys appreciate it thank you coach thank you so much